Book Two, Chapter Twelve of Resurrection. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Cole, Medway, Massachusetts. Resurrection by Leo Tolstoy. Translated by Louise Maud. Book Two, Chapter Twelve. WHY THE PEASANTS FLOCKED TO TOWN The prison was a long way off, and it was getting late, so Nekhludoff took an Izvostchik. The Izvostchik, a middle-aged man, with an intelligent and kind face, turned round towards Nekhludoff, as they were driving along one of the streets, and pointed to a huge house that was being built there. "'Just see what a tremendous house they have begun to build,' he said as if he was partly responsible for the building of the house, and proud of it. The house was really immense, and was being built in a very original style. The strong pine beams of the scaffolding were firmly fixed together with iron bands, and a plank wall separated the building from the street. On the boards of the scaffolding, workmen, all bespattered with plaster, moved hither and thither like ants. Some were laying bricks, some hewing stones, some carrying up the heavy hods and pails, and bringing them down empty. A fat and finely dressed gentleman, probably the architect, stood by the scaffolding, pointing upward and explaining something to a contractor, a peasant from the Vladimir government, who was respectfully listening to him. Empty carts were coming out of the gate, by which the architect and the contractor were standing, and loaded ones were going in. And how sure they all are, those that do the work, as well as those who make them do it, that it ought to be, that while their wives at home, who are with child, are labouring beyond their strength, and their children with the patchwork caps, doomed soon to the cold grave, smile with suffering, and contort their little legs. They must be building this stupid and useless palace for some stupid and useless person, one of those who spoil and rob them, Nekhludoff thought, while looking at the house. Yes, it is a stupid house, he said, uttering his thought out aloud. Why stupid, replied the Izvostchik, in an offended tone. Thanks to it, the people get work. It's not stupid but the work is useless. It can't be useless, or why should it be done, said the Izvostchik. The people get bread by it. Nekhludoff was silent, and it would have been difficult to talk, because of the clatter the wheels made. When they came nearer the prison, and the Izvostchik turned off the paved on to the Macadamized road, it became easier to talk, and he again turned to Nekhludoff. And what a lot of these people are flocking to the town nowadays. It's awful, he said, turning round on the box and pointing to a party of peasant workmen who were coming towards them, carrying saws, axes, sheepskins, coats, and bags strapped to their shoulders. More than in other years, Nekhludoff asked. By far. This year every place is crowded, so that it's just terrible. The employers just fling the workmen about like chaff, not a job to be got. Why is that? They've increased, 
There's no room for them. Well, what if they have increased? Why do not they stay in the village? There's nothing for them to do in the village. No land to be had. Nekhludoff felt as one does when touching a sore place. It feels as if the bruised part were always being hit. Yet it is only because the place is sore that the touch is felt. Is it possible that the same thing is happening everywhere, he thought, and began questioning the Izvoschik about the quantity of land in his village, how much land the man himself had, and why he had left the country. We have a desiatin per man, sir, he said. Our family have three men's shares of the land. My father and a brother at home, and manage the land, and another brother is serving in the army. But there's nothing to manage. My brother has had thoughts of coming to Moscow too. And cannot land be rented? How's one to rent it nowadays? The gentry, such as they were, have squandered all theirs. Men of business have got it all into their own hands. One can't rent it from them. They farm it themselves. We have a Frenchman ruling in our place. He bought the estate from our former landlord and won't let it. And there's an end of it. Who's that Frenchman? Dufour is the Frenchman's name. Perhaps you've heard of him. He makes wigs for the actors in the big theatre. It is a good business, so he's prospering. He bought it from our lady, the whole of the estate, and now he has us in his power. He just rides on us as he pleases. The Lord be thanked. He is a good man himself. Only his wife, a Russian, is such a brute that, God have mercy on us, she robs the people. It's awful. Well, here's the prison. Am I to drive you to the entrance? I'm afraid they'll not let us do it, though. End of chapter 12